My name is Bert, and this is SheCast, a podcast creating meaningful platforms for young people by young people. Every show, we will dissect issues that directly affect us. In this week's episode, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised, we will be discussing protests. How we, as young people without the right to vote yet, can engage safely and effectively. Today on the podcast, we will be joined by special guest Jerry Boyle. All right, let's get started. SheCast is a project of SheCreate. SheCast is made by intersectional, rioting writers, made for those who need their voices heard. Through representation for static, creative minds, and lastly, for me. For me. For me. SheCast. The Revolution by Just. The revolution will not be televised because that's where all the lies occur. That is where innocence is murder. The dead are always justifiably black and brown, queer and blue. They're dead now, because they said they got the devil's eyes in them. Television is where I first learned that my people were bad to the core. They stand up for when one of their own fall, and ain't surprised when people die. That's just how bad they are. The constant static on the TV in your living room wants you to believe this. They have brought terror in my house, televised excuses and whitewashed innocence. Colored ignorance. Maybe it's the reason why my cousin thinks turban equals terrorist, the reason why a white supremacist got elected. Maybe it's why my light-skinned neighbors have turned their backs on their own people, why no one trusts each other. Their lies are the opposite of what the revolution will fall for. The revolution demands clean eyes and broken hearts. It's the tug on your gut when you know the whole world needs fixing. It's your mother's eyes when she says, what did you expect, as she turns off the TV. That scary kind of thing. Today we are starting with Unapologetic. We will be discussing the now infamous Pepsi commercial. Let's get started. Yeah, a big issue I had about that is that they made it seem like it was so easy just to like make everybody happy and big in a big movement with a Pepsi. Like, yeah. the Pepsi was a peace offering between the police and the protesters, and it's not really realistic. And it tried to show intersectionality, but it didn't really work. Mm-hmm. It was like signs with Chinese characters and stuff like that, but they just said peace, and they said join the conversation. I don't know what was what that was supposed to mean, but they were just like peace and love and like, like kind of generic protest signs. None of them said Black Lives Matter. Everyone just kind of looked like they were partying during that little protest. I didn't see anyone that looked strong. No one looked angry. Wait, wait, wait. But isn't the whole point to um, is to solve like the racism as well? What I think they, I don't even know what they were like talking about because it's just said join the conversation. I didn't see anything about feminism. Yeah. I didn't see anything like that, you know. It's, you're not even making a controversial statement. You're just showing a protest to benefit yourself so you can seem relatable or edgy. I was just about to say that. I feel like they just 
put out a protest that they would think was relatable. That like well, yeah. how and in that, their minds and that, like, protest Okay, were. and so that everyone would feel accepted to like so if it said Black Lives Matter, they don't want to offend anyone. So yeah. they're like, oh, they try can't, to play it really. Safe. Yeah, I feel like that like to their image. I don't know. I don't know. I don't wait, know. Don't wait, but wait. Um, so if they pull like Black Lives Matter, what the some people would be mad. Why didn't you put All Lives Matter? Oh, Why don't you feminist? Yeah. No, but All Lives Matter is offensive. Yeah. <laughs> how is it offensive? All Lives Matter. All Lives Matter is not the conversation, guys. We can all stop it. Okay, the commercial is unrealistic. I think that's why so many people are looking at it as this is not a, like a real protest. This is like somebody trying to be relatable. Yeah, like, it's not supposed no, to be a real I think protest. the commercial is on the verge of the, romanticizing all the issues that we're going through. Exactly. And it's not supposed to be a real protest. Yes, it's just no, a freaking no, commercial. No, 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 no. It's just a freaking commercial. What did you see? You, sorry, sorry. You saw a Muslim woman in a hijab who was taking pictures and throwing her pictures away because she didn't feel like it captured the real movement. So they were trying to make it deep. They had little parts in the commercial that represented something that was deeper. All I, the only thing I really seen is like, you gotta do what you gotta do to bring your product up. Um, Pepsi thing, Pepsi's getting a lot of money from this but shit. Exactly. Exactly. But that's not correct because they're you, what they're doing is that they're exploiting this movement that's actually happening and it's actually affecting people and yeah. people who are actually fighting and working and yes, they're mad. It's taking advantage of current events that are happening now. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to get topics that are relatable. Oh, the the Kardashian, the Jenner family are also yes, relatable. Right. The yeah. Kardashians and the Kendalls are literally the people who benefit off of black culture. That's all they do is they appropriate. They benefit off of everyone else's culture and appropriating it. All those minority people in there, they had no leading roles. They weren't powerful. They weren't anything. They were just benefiting off this white girl who helped make peace with the Pepsi. Why didn't they get somebody who actually was involved? Yeah. Isn't it convenient to have a white woman who's like, oh my gosh, look at the protest, because she's not in it initially. She's just modeling, and then she turns around and she's like, oh, look at the protest. I'm going to support it. And then when I'm in it, it's a huge issue now, right? Oh. Kendall Jenner was the focus. The camera was on her. That's the issue because I think it's the same idea that black women came up with, like, you know, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And then it's like taking away who was in charge of the protest. A white woman did not come up with Black Lives Matter. And Kendall Jenner did not, you know, she was not the first one there she for the protest. She doesn't even know. She didn't even know Black about it. She was doing a photo shoot. Right. And the only reason she went into the photo shoot was because she saw a cute Asian guy. What? With a violent With a cello. What? Like, she literally. Side-eyeing the protest, but she really went in because she saw uh, this dude. dude. <laughs> but what do you think is the value of her giving the Pepsi to the officer? Like how I said, what I said in the beginning, like the pe the Pepsi was a like a peace offering. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I get peace offerings, but what like the background of the whole commercial? Okay, wait. Let's just think right now about Pepsi, not about like all the, the deepness of the thing. Pepsi's not that good anyway, but like. <laughs> the whole point is like, so when you drink Pepsi, everything's supposed to be so much better. There's like subliminal like messages in there, there. and it impacts you more than like than you realize because other people who have never been in a protest are gonna think, oh, the issue can be solved this easily. Why With are you Pepsi. so mad? Exactly. Why are you so angry? And it's like. You don't know the reality of this issue because the only thing you see is freaking Kai, well, Kendall yes. Jenner. If you being like, oh, peace. Exactly. If you guys could recreate this ad 
to make it something that wouldn't be like this controversial issue? How would you? I wouldn't put it? a protest in a commercial <laughs> market of freaking soda. Amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> oh my god. Amen, sister. Amen. Yeah. How does that even connect? That's also so rude and so insensitive because Black Lives Matter, we're talking about real people who were killed. <laughs> the only thing you have to say is love, peace. <laughs> Join the conversation. When people are out there dying. Yes. It's like be, that it's is like, so insensitive like to the mothers home. and to the people who are affected by this, who are actually angry and are fighting. That is terrible. You Just like don't get ass. LeBron James smiling, drinking your Pepsi oh, to like from <laughs> Was right. I would love that. I Just love copy Sprite. What? <laughs> I'm shooken. Shooken. <laughs> I have a dream. I still have a dream. Comme il ne correspond pas. Changer le monde, on en rêve toutes et tous. Partir ensemble au combat. Parce qu'il a besoin d'une rescousse. Il est temps de penser le changement. Et non plus de changer le pansement Il est temps de mettre du sens dans nos vies Que la parole et l'action se solidarisent Il est temps With everything that's been happening It's been kind of hard to keep up The Republican administration hasn't let up for a day Every morning is a new damage report But if you have been able to follow You might have noticed that there are a band of heroes That are trying to save the day Good old lady justice Whether it's the three federal judges Who put a stop on the Muslim ban the lawyers out in the airports working to get people out with a mighty ACLU, the people of the court are turning out. Today we have Jerry Boyle, an attorney, member of the National Lawyers Guild, and someone who is trying to make us all a little more safe when we exercise our First Amendment right and turn out for protest. Mr. Boyle, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to speak with us. I'm, I'm pleased to be here. I wanted to start off with a question of just asking, what made you want to be a lawyer? I think I was about four or five years old. I knew my father was a lawyer, but I had no clue what that meant. Um, I went with my older brother to play baseball, but the field in our neighborhood was full, so we decided to walk into another neighborhood. And at this point, I didn't really understand that it was always dangerous to cross a boundary from one neighborhood to another, just crossing a street. And as we crossed the street, we lived in a tough Irish neighborhood. We were crossing into another tough Irish neighborhood. We got challenged by a kid from another, the other neighborhood. Like, what are you doing here? My brother and this kid started exchanging insults, and then they started exchanging threats. Like, well, I'm going to get my big brother to beat you up. Well, I'll get my big brother to beat up your big brother. And the other kid says, yeah, well, my dad's a cop, and he's going to throw you in jail. My brother shot back and said, oh yeah, well, my dad's a lawyer and he's going to come and get me out. And it's, I want to be a lawyer. I did a little research and you're a volunteer for the National Lawyers Guild, which I think is really cool. Could you tell me a little bit more on the importance of the National Lawyers Guild? We were founded, I think, in 1937 as the, the first integrated bar association in the United States. Mm -hmm. Shorthand, you could say, we're the radical lawyers group. <laughs> On 2015, on Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, he went to a protest on the Chicago West Side, a Black Lives Matter protest. And I want to know what happened during that protest. Well, we confirmed something that was really troubling. It was really troubling to have it confirmed at that march because it was, 
I mean, for goodness sake, it was Martin Luther King's day. And um, the march was led by elementary and middle school students. So we've got a bunch of school kids leading an MLK march on MLK's birthday. And it ended up at the juvenile detention center, which I thought was just really beautiful because, I mean, they've got a bunch of kids locked up there. And these other kids coming to them and, and doing chants and singing songs and... And I mean, it was really beautiful. You could see the kids up in their windows. The kids were like raising their fists and writing in the frost on the window, I love you. And, and I mean, it was just this really beautiful thing all around. And low intensity, from my perspective, as a legal observer. So it was really disappointing to find out that the police were spying on them. Oh my God. Whoa. Spying. How did you know that they were spying on you? I, I can't go into the specific technique we used to determine that. We knew about stingrays because we'd noticed back when NATO was here in 2012 that our battery cell uh, and our cell phones were dying really quick and nobody knew why. And one of the techies explained, oh, if a stingray grabs your phone, it doesn't let go of it. And you may march five miles away, but it's still got your signal, and that kills your battery. So we, we strongly suspected these things were being used, and we got some confirmation the previous fall. And then we did find out that they were actually spying on this. I mean, it, it, it was very non-confrontational. It was a wonderful march. It's not the kind of thing that the police should really devote those kinds of resources to. Spying on school kids on Martin Luther King Day, it doesn't get more yeah. any more outrageous than that. So it's kind of they were kind of treating them like criminals, like terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's uh, use the same techniques and the same technology. I mean, they take all of this data and process it in their computer systems with algorithms to develop profiles and not only of individuals but of entire social networks. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing they used to target drones in Afghanistan yeah. and Iraq. To see that being used on school children on Martin Luther King Day was just heartbreaking. And the Chicago Police Department uses these um, secret cell phone tracking systems, but they need a warrant for this, correct? And it breaks individual privacy and is unconstitutional. The Chicago Police Department needs judicial authorization for certain of its activities only if they're going to use any evidence collected to prosecute the person they targeted. The only thing that keeps the executive branch honest on the Bill of Rights is something that the courts developed called the exclusionary so if they illegally spy on you, mm -hmm. based on that evidence, they prosecute you for a crime. They have to admit that they did it. Then what happens is if the court agrees that it's illegal, the court will say, okay, you can't use that evidence to prosecute mm -hmm. her. But aside from that, I mean, if they're not going to use this evidence to charge you with a crime, nothing stops them. And a lot of what the police are doing when they gather this information is, is not so much okay, we're going to use this evidence to prosecute you. It's, we want to understand these social networks. We want to understand how to disrupt them. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we want to understand how they work and how to control them. Yeah. 
advice do you have for people who attend protests? I think it's a good idea to make a risk assessment before you go to protest. What risk do I face today? And if, if it's an action where there is some risk of arrest or an action where people are setting out to get arrested, try to make a decision in advance. Do I want to get arrested today? And, um, and then act accordingly. You know, protests get emotional and chaotic and people get caught up in the moment and they find themselves arrested and they really didn't intend to get arrested. I don't object to be people being arrested. I've witnessed thousands of arrests. Um, including some very powerful civil disobedience actions where my clients intended to get arrested, and that can be a powerful statement. Mm -hmm. But you make the decision. Don't let the cops make it for you. If you're going to get arrested, or if you're going to risk arrest, I definitely recommend to have the lawyers go there with you. Mm -hmm. It's a good idea to buddy up with people less likely to get arrested, yeah. who knows your name. Now, as a general rule, you'll see the lawyers, we're always on the edges because that's where the danger is. Point, sweep, sides. Right on the front is always the most dangerous place in any protest. The back, mm -hmm. second most. And then third is the sides. Why are they dangerous? Because that's where the cops are. Yeah. And, and yeah, the lawyers, we try to get between the cops and our clients. But realize, if you're on, it, on the edges, you've got a higher risk profile than somebody who's in the middle. There's some new state bills that target the safety of protesters, like making drivers not liable for running over a protester. Do you think this is directly connected to the rise in protesters against the Trump administration? It absolutely is. Um, what's coming out of um, uh, the legislatures right now, or what's being introduced in the legislatures right now is a bunch of Republicans very upset about anti-Trump protesters. Mm -hmm. Take an intelligent approach to that and realize that some of that is just propaganda designed to scare you. Mm -hmm. Some of these people introducing these bills are just trying to terrorize pro protesters mm -hmm. and give them a bad name. Keep sharp, watch what happens. Don't let them scare you. Jerry Will, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. It was very interesting. And thank you. Pleased to meet you, Burr and Pinky. <laughs> what did we think about that interview? And just so you guys know, Justin and Asada are with us. Hey. So how was that interview for you guys? What did you guys take away from it? I feel like what he said was really important and that we should know that we have power and that we get to decide what happens to us, and you know, it's not just up to like the cops if they're gonna arrest us or not. You have to make the choice for each protest. Like, is the, is it worth all these risks that I'm gonna take? I loved how he put that like you're in control, and when you go to a protest, mm -hmm. you need to choose before what what's gonna happen there. Yeah. It also makes you think about like, how do I want to make myself look, you know, because sometimes it feels like the mainstream media makes us look a certain way, but then it's also like we have to take control and make sure that they can't paint it any other way, you know? Yeah, like they make protests look really violent, Yeah, you know? media always spins protests right. to make it look like, oh, they were like, basically calling us like savages and like Yay. thugs because we're protesting for like our rights. The Martin Luther King March was hit so close to home because it was led by youth and to know that they were spying on people who were like us was kind of uneasy to me because it was like they're people our age. Elementary school kids, yeah. like just normal kids from Chicago.
that were just trying to impact and change and do something that was really good. Yeah, that really scared me because sometimes things like that feel really far away, like something that we're not impacted by. Like that's Mm -hmm. the adults out there. Like we are exactly like them and that could happen to us. What's going to happen to me as I grow and I become more political and I do all these things that are out here? How can I be protected? Like, Am I going to be afraid to go to a protest with my phone? Am I going to leave my phone at home Mm -hmm. and not take videos or pictures Mm -hmm. because they might hack into my phone? It also makes you feel like more dangerous to practice something that is our right, you know, to go out there and protest. And we shouldn't be scared to go and protest for what we believe. As youth, we're kids, but we're intelligent, Mm -hmm. and we have these rights. You know, they're trying to break down every type of bond that you have. Yeah, they're trying to paint you as a criminal. When you're just a kid going out there practicing your rights. It's kind of like they know that they can't get you with the law, so they're trying to get you to stop with fear. Right. So it's like... Since we can't get you away from your rights, you were gonna make you scared so you don't do it. So going forward as youth activists, what are some precautions that you'll take after what Jerry Boyle told us in the interview? I like that he said about the buddy thing. It's something small, but something that's actually really important. If you do get in trouble, you know, you always have a buddy. Protests are intersectional. There's all different types of people. They all come together for a different cause. So Mm -hmm. definitely having someone that's a little bit more privileged than you, staying by you, to make sure that you're going to be all right because they're less likely to be attacked by the police than you are. I'm definitely going to take what he said about control. And before I go somewhere, I'm going to say what I'm going to do there. Know the situation. Know how to analyze it. That was a really great interview, and I learned so much. And I feel so ready to go out with other people like you guys. (laughs) And just go out and say, like, I know what to do now. And I know how to make this work and how not to be scared. How to control and how to keep myself safe in protest. Dinner with your kids by Bert. The revolution is not for your amusement, for when it's televised for people with your set of eyes, the only action you take is ignorance and bliss. So when children are out there dying, falling against the oppression that sits, you turn your cheek and have dinner with your kids. It's Asada here with Supa and Bert. And it's tea time where we answer listeners' questions. What's the question for today, Super? Tell SheCast, I am a young, woke, white, 14-year-old girl. Going to family get-together is hard for me because even though my parents are cool, some of my other family watch Fox News. When they talk about politics, I get quiet, even though I don't want to. How do I stand my ground? XO, Emily, P.S. I love your show. Well, thanks, Emily, for saying that you love our show. Um, I think that you should just speak your mind, but do it as politely as possible. I know you're kind of young, and people might not think that your opinion is that valid right now, but just try to, like, speak up a little bit. Like, if someone's like, you know, I think the thing that Trump passed is 
pretty good just be like you know what this 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 might be a little bit wrong with it and I don't think that's really unfair for this group of people um sometimes it's important to pick your own battle and sometimes it's important to know when to leave the room like Sometimes I say something that like my family completely disagrees with and like they start saying some stuff and then I get quiet and they're like what? Cause so if you speak your opinion they could always like shame you. Even though you say you do say politely, they won't understand because like they only want to hear what they believe in. So sometimes it's best to just like if you don't want to hear any more of what they're saying, all the bull crap they're saying. I think it's probably best you leave the room or you go like, you, you just go into your own um, center. I feel, see my mom, she's a very, she's nice and she's very understanding, but she's also very religious and the very, mm, she's, she's very Catholic. Yeah, she's very religious. And so sometimes we don't agree in the same issues. And there have been times where I'm just like, ma, you're wrong. And she'd be like, no, no, no. And yeah, I like, I feel like I have convinced my mom like over the years in certain topics and issues. But I don't know, sometimes it takes time and understanding that, yeah, you both have different issues and you both might make it halfway. All right, Emily, stay strong, keep fighting, keep educating people. Uh, keep growing with that and educate yourself mm -hmm. so that any time that anyone has anything to say to you, you can combat it with facts. So all I want to say is lower your voice and strengthen your argument. That's all I got to say. And peace. Stay strong, girl. <laughs> peace. <laughs>
for interpretation and continuation of the historic settlement house vision, linking research, education, and social engagement. SheCast is also supported by Chicago Foundation for Women's 100 Day Fund, as well as the Pollination Project, seeding projects that change the world. Thank you again, Jerry Boyle, for joining us on SheCast. If you're interested in following Boyle's work, during January 2017, he filed a federal lawsuit against the Chicago Police Department for using Stingray technology to hack into activist phones during the Youth March, which was discussed on the show. Thank you, Jerry Boyle, for protecting youth activist rights. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell a friend. Learn more about SheCrew at SheCrew.org. See you next time. Shout out to Listerine because, like, when I'm on the go, I just, I just like, I was like, okay, I gotta go. I, I know I'm not gonna be like bad breath all day because, like, no, yeah, Listerine, 99.9 percent, right? It's germs. <laughs> Y'all just did a product placement. <laughs> What's product? They better call us. Should I just say mouthwash?